What's up, nerds? My name's Tristan. And I'm Andrew. And you're listening to Bullshit Comic Review. In this episode of Stop Me If You Heard This One, we'll be bullshitting about eight random tales from various publishers and why we like them so much. Alright, first story we're going to do is uh, a series called Shield. It's written by Jonathan Hickman and artwork by Dustin Weaver. Now, uh, Bowden, tell us about this story. Alright, so this story is about the actual organization that is S.H.I.E.L.D. I guess like the origin stories? Well, it's so what you find out is that there's this second organization. S.H.I.E.L.D. actually is, in many cases, it's that Nick Fury secret organization, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But like everything, there's an underlying secret society. So like this is, you can't call it the Illuminati because Marvel actually has an Illuminati. Right. But this is like if the Illuminati was actually S.H.I.E.L.D. from antiquity, like it's, it's made up of key players Throughout human history, mm-hmm. Leonardo da Vinci, Isaac Newton, um, who else? Uh, who else is part of it? Rasputin. There's some other people. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of people in here that um, are were controversial, but at one point you find out that they they were all part of Shield or affiliated with it. Okay. And the cool thing about it is Nick Fury comes in contact with this part of the organization. So. Um. What it's about is basically this young kid gets introduced to what S.H.I.E.L.D. actually is. Um, and he's supposed to be... Um, the He's supposed to fill the gap. Kind of like the Messiah. Yeah. yeah. And like there's, there's this common theme about it is like the end of days and the end of all things. And the right, overall... Right, the term that they keep using is, uh, um, don't worry, the world doesn't end this way. Yes, and like I, I think one of the the reasons why I love this story so much is that like it really is kind of in, inspiring to think about it that way. Mm-hmm. And like because they ground like Jonathan Hickman grounds these characters at a certain point in human history that if you like are a history buff, you can kind of see why they would have that overarching philosophy mm-hmm. considering what these men have done in their individual time. So it's cool to kind of see again. Pull your pull yourself away and like let Marvel de- be Marvel with them. Um, and so I liked it. Like, I mean, for that reason, yeah. When it came to like uh, the first volume, that's all I've read so far. I mean, I really want to read the rest of it now since I've just read that. Yeah, but um, I like that it gets really cool. It's already cool oh, at man. this part, but like there were definitely parts where it was just like, oh man, even said it out loud. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. But um, and the artwork, man, Dustin Weaver. Yeah, yeah, he he does kill on a few pages, and he doesn't really falter with the detail, which I always respect when it comes to artists. But um, I thought the really cool part of this was that it didn't really feel like a Marvel story. Only so, at least within the first volume, like you could easily take the storyline and just make it non-Marvel, except for maybe like two, two or three characters that go on. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And I think that like those two or three characters that are kind of on the periphery of even mainstream Marvel, like these aren't characters that are that are pulled up massively used at all. Yeah. So like I agree with you because they have that little connection like this could very much be an indie book. Yeah. Which is ironic that you think that way because that's actually one of the reasons why I'm going to recommend another title later on in this story. Okay. Okay. So yeah. But um I guess uh the only thing that like I guess uh, it was a little rough for me was the fact that, I mean, this, it's very dense, what goes on in this at least first trade, and yeah. um, it 
does not wait Hickman, for you to get it. Yeah, Hickman pulls no punches. It's very much information load and go because mm-hmm. he wants you to get ready for it. And the cool thing is, is that that that's man, That's why I'm so excited that issues uh, five and six are are actually finally coming out. out. Yeah. Because, like, I, I've been waiting since 2010 do you for know, this story to freaking end. Do you know why it got canceled like that? Or? Uh, I think it was art delays and then, like, other business. I, I don't really know. I You'd have to, like, I'm it, sure social probably media probably. Yeah, I'm sure social media has some type of chronology of it. Like, yeah, people true. can go you back and look, look, at, look at tweets and stuff like that. I'm sure you could probably put it all together. But either way, for this product, like, it's so – it's worth the money. And the cool thing is – Let's move over to, like, where you can find it. Thoroughly gone through why I like it. Do you have anything else to say why you liked it? I mean, it, yeah, it's just, like, that, that intimate knowledge of uh, history and bringing together all these major hitters to be part of the S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, initiative. And he tells it in a very good way. It's not, like, a very linear story. It's very back and forth, and that kind of adds to the confusion, but it all plays out perfectly. Yeah, it, it, it twists, and it's, it's like, oh, so good. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's why he did that. It's like yeah. That. Yeah, it's it's perfect. So, but so um, like you're saying, where can you find this? <laughs> All right. So actually, because this book's been out so long, and because it's been out of print, you can probably find it in like a bargain bin at your local comic shop. Uh, other than that, I'm sure Amazon has it. It's called Shield. It's Volume One. It was printed in uh, 2010 to 2011. It's actually comprised of six floppy issues, you know, so you can probably find them at your local comic shop. Oh, the single issues? Yeah, and then there's a oversized one, or like an infinite one, I forget what it was called, and then four extra issues, and that's where Volume 2 kicks in. That started in 2011. Okay. Volume 2 is the one that's just about to finish off with uh, five and six solicited for May. Okay. So, um, it's a good jumping on time. With the story concluding, uh, you can just binge it out. So it's yeah. awesome. And like Bowden said, it leads to a. It's like this is just the beginning of what Hickman did for Marvel, and at least for me, like we'll address some of the stuff that he did later for that kind of coincides with this. Yeah. Um, there are I'm themes laid out in this book. You can find in his Justice, or I'm sorry, his Fantastic Four run, uh, his stuff with Nick Fury. Uh, clearly, and also all the way leading up to Secret Wars. Okay. So he alludes to the end of all things in 2010. The end of the Marvel Universe, that's what that the That happened whole, in 2015, I think? Well, yeah, the, uh, 2016. 2016? Yeah. Secret Wars. So that's what's really cool about it. All right, Tristan, so next one we'll get into, I guess, is your first pick, mm-hmm. which is going to be um, Thor, God of Thunder. This was the 2012 release written by uh, Jason Aaron and Asad Rick. Mm-hmm. Story arc is God Butcher and uh, God Bomb. Yep. Well, I mean, to start off and say what it's about, pretty much uh, it, the awesome thing about this is it deals with three different version, uh, types of uh, Thor. Okay. Um, I kind of like to compare it to a Christmas Carol. Okay. <laughs> Only in the sense that it's the past, present, and future uh, Thor. Oh, cool, cool. So what's better than just one Thor, but three Thors in three different timelines? Right. And it's just like the names of the arcs are saying, is uh, it's about his, his pretty much his dealings with this uh, god called the God Butcher. And the thing that I really like about it is... It's a very dark storyline attached to, like, Thor. I mean, this guy's called the God Butcher. So I'm assuming he just slays gods? 
In a way, yeah. Like, some of them he tortures. Some of them, like, he tortured a stone god for about seven days. Is it, like, a physical character, or is it, like... Like, or... I know this what, kind the of god sounds, butcher? Yeah, I know this sounds kind of stupid. It's mm-hmm. not, like, Parallax from, like, Green Lantern, like the movie. No, right? no, yeah. Okay. It's not, like, an entity of something. Okay. Um, you do find out the origins of the god butcher. Or, like, in the, how they did Galactus in the Ultimate Universe. Like, that's stupid shit. Oh, yeah. Well, I kind of like that version better. But, uh, okay. um, only for certain reasons. All right. Less we'll human. get into that later. Yeah, yeah. That's, another, that's a whole other conversation. But, anyway. um... Yeah, God Butcher is just like kind of a humanoid kind of person, and he has God. He has some kind of godlike power that allows him to butcher gods for some reason. You do find out all this in the first chapter of the second volume. Okay, and that's uh, God Bomb. Yeah. Okay. And there's some like really cool parts of this, like for the fact that like um, Thor is trying to find this. Uh, this person or something that is just butchering gods. Okay. There's even this uh, part where it kind of, like... Ex- what is it? So is it like a detective story almost? Not really. Not too... I mean, it kind of had that detective aspect where there is a mystery and he's trying to solve it. Uh-huh. But Thor does have an intimate relationship with this guy in a way. Okay. Because a lot of that's going to deal with the past Thor. Okay, so even though this character is new to us, it's not new to Thor. Right, exactly. Gotcha. Um, and there, one part that I really liked about it is there's this part where they're explaining the difference between m- murder and war. Uh-huh. And just the intimacy of that, of why one is different from the other, in a very good way. They did it in a very awesome way. Uh, Jason Aaron wrote that part, okay. obviously. Um, and another aspect I really liked was the fact that it's just like when you like kind of find out why the God Butcher does this, yeah. and the way he explains it, it's just like it's not like normally where like uh, it's explained where it's in within a lifetime. Like it's like this spans over thousands of years. Oh, uh, okay. So like the whole scope of it actually, yeah, is, and, is pretty uh, pretty large. Yeah, and like when you hear him just like speaking to Thor of what he does, he's done, why he kind of does it. Mm-hmm. It's, it just, like, adds, a, like, an extra amount of weight to it because it has, you know, gone over that long. Uh, yeah, and it's shaped so much of his history. Yeah, and just, like, the way he, like, talks about it. It's, like, it's very, it's, like, it's sadistic but not, like, pompous. Okay. Where he's just all, like, I'm perfect. It's just, like, he he does this for a reason and that's all he wants to do. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. But yeah, I do really like how he wrote uh, The God Butcher. I don't want to say his name. But, and also, each version of Thor is really awesome. Like, the young and naive one that can't even hold Milnor. Yeah. I I don't know. I can't even. Yeah. He only has the the axe that can kill Celestials, which is Yarnborn. Okay. Yeah. Then there's the present one that is during Marvel now. And then the future one where he's pretty much Odin. Is it gold by any chance? What? The future tool? His future oh, weapon. no, he still has Milnor, and he also has, like, some kind of, like, sword that is uh, okay. part of the mythos. I forget what it's called. Another thing that I wanted to say about the series is, of course, if you are a fan of Thor, you're going to love this series. It's mm-hmm. going to be awesome. If you're not a fan of Thor, that's fine, too, because I wasn't really a fan of Thor, and I read this, and I loved it. Nice. It was awesome. Welcome to all. Yes, exactly. It sounds like the perfect type of uh, book you want for Thor. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So where where can people find this? 
The series is Thor, God of Thunder, so it'll make it a little bit easier to find it. Um, and it's volumes one and two. Okay. So God Butcher and God Bomb. I mean, there's plenty of stuff that happens after that, but I kind of lost interest after. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, they're running 15, 16 bucks a piece. So, yeah. local it's, comic shop or Amazon. It's totally worth it. Up. All right, next up is Nailbiter, which is an image series. Um, it's written by Joshua Williamson and what's the other guy's name? What's the artist's Mike name? Mike Henderson. True. All right, Bowden, tell us about what is this tale exactly? All right, so this is, centers around an FBI investigator looking into the small town called Buckaroo, Oregon. The Buckaroo Butchers. Yes, and that's he's trying to uncover the mystery of the Buckaroo Butchers. So the reason why I really like this story is because first I think it's absolutely perfect for like to option as like an HBO series. It'd be phenomenal. No, uh, when it, you said that a bit ago, yeah. I was like thinking about it, and I mean just from reading the first trade, I, I would kind of agree with that. Yeah, it's six trades, thirty issues. They all button up nicely. This is one of the few stories that like, and and ironically enough, it ends up being the image stuff that really. Um, does this for me that I end up wanting to binge read so many of them. I remember the first time I picked up this trade, um, I, I immediately, like, I finished it in within a day, and then I went back and I picked up, I think up to four was out at that point, and I picked up all three, and I finished them all in, like, three days. Yeah. Well, um, I will say, like, with me, it was, the first three chapters were a little rough for me. Yeah. But I think, what is it, it's a full five issues i think for the first of a volume yeah yeah by the fourth and fifth one i am definitely intrigued enough that i would like to continue reading it yeah so anyway this fbi investigator is trying to uh find out and uncover the reason why this small town in oregon somehow keeps breeding all these serial killers yeah and it's not like they try to do it no not at all not at all there's nothing on the surface really wrong with this town so it has like that cool small town mystery feel um on top of like the fact that there's all these serial killers that have these different um, gimmicks to them. Yeah. Um, so I, I will say Joshua Williamson was really good with creating so many different types of uh, serial killers. Yeah, and it also kind of has that, like, silence the lamb feel to it because a lot of times you're with the cops who are actually investigating this whole murder and, and all these other series of events that happened. I'm not trying to, I'm trying not to allude to, like, really anything because yeah. I, I really enjoy this this book so much that... As the snowball starts to fall down the hill and you get further and further into the trades, by like trade three, it's like amazing, okay. uh, in my opinion. And again, it finished off in March of 2017. So these are all uh, reasonably priced at this point. You can get them for like 10 to 12 bucks a piece. Um, like I found them in the library. Um, so not for nothing, like you can do it that way. Amazon, uh, I totally recommend it. Um, but it just escalates quickly mm-hmm. and there's it's a lot of fun too so i mean for me i would say um the artwork is a little distracting for me I, it has like that kind of um streamlined like bruce tim streamlined in my opinion like the color palettes aren't too crazy yeah there isn't like too much going on with that i mean at least with the first trade i haven't read the rest so you would know better when yeah how maybe better the artwork yeah is, but bruce tim i'm sure is actually like a, a terrible comparison 
Um, yeah, because Bruce Tim's awesome. But well, no, I mean just what he did with the animated series in between uh, season three and four of Batman when he redid the character models, he did it to like kind of streamline them. Okay. And change the uh, reduce the amount of colors that they were using. To oh, really? Down, yeah, production costs and stuff. <laughs> Oh, yeah. that must suck as an artist being like, oh, you have to make them more plain because it's costing too much. Well, yeah. So there's all that. There's like kind of that whole aspect of it. But he was also, I'm sure, refining his art style as an as an artist and stuff like that. But the in Nailbiter, the, the colors are very, um, like you're not seeing. Muted, I guess. Yeah, I don't want to say. They in set a good this, way, They though. set this tone that lets you, it, it feels like a northwestern small town mm-hmm. and the colors very much like it's not bad represent that no it's just like for me it was just like not quite doing it enough yeah i mean you're not gonna have color swatches like you would on uh green lantern like, right right yeah right, right. so um you can't go into it with that but i i really found it enjoyable i found it moody and i found it, it was like captivating and it kept me there i was like in buckaroo with them going through it with them and i couldn't get enough fast enough so it was great that's what she said. Uh, anyway, let's pick it up. <laughs> All right, next up, Tristan, we're going to get into your pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is this, your second pick? Uh, Whatever, don't matter. Yeah, I mean, anyway. it's a fourth of the amount that we've done so far. Nice. All right, so uh, this is Uncanny X-Force, mm-hmm. and written by Rick Reminder, and who's on art? Jerome Opinion. Yeah, Jerome Opinion's on the first one, then okay. Assad Riddick does a, quite a few of them, and then it starts like changing later, just like you know when gotcha. it comes to these major company series usually do. Gotcha, and Uncanny X-Force is the third iteration of X-Force, but... Okay. It's the it has its own volume, right? So volume one is what we're talking about. Right, it's this the is the apocalypse solution. This is the first time that's under the Uncanny X Force title. Yes, but yes, as you said, it's the third iteration of an X Force team. Yeah, and Reminder's run goes from apocalypse solution. I think what one, two, three, four, five, mm-hmm. five runs or five story arcs, and then the brand, and then Uncanny X Force reboots again. Right? Isn't that what uh, volume two is? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, which was awful. Yeah. So don't read the second version of Kenny X-Force, because no go. Yeah, that that's, uh, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. We are talking about the first version, written by Rick Reminder. Yep. Uh, and we're going to start off with story arc, The Apocalypse Solution. Yep. So Tristan, go so ahead. So in this one, um, the team is pretty much run by uh, Archangel at this point. Um, it's comprised of Wolverine, it has Psylocke, um, Phantom X, and Deadpool. So pretty much Archangel gets a tip-off that they know where the new iteration of Apocalypse is. Mm-hmm. And so what the X-Force usually does, Cable started it so many years ago since he was from the future. He knows who's going to be a bad guy. So it's kind of like a preemptive strike team to kill the bad guys before they do anything bad. Black Ops. Yeah. Black Ops. And this definitely, took, yeah, this definitely took that to heart. Yes, it did. So in this one, they're going to kill the new iteration of uh, Apocalypse. Now, what I loved about this one, <clears throat> I feel, at least from what I've read of Marvel stuff, um, I haven't read too much Deadpool stuff, so Deadpool fans, don't go fucking insane on me, but this is my favorite iteration of Deadpool. He's like the perfect comedic relief to the dark tone of this storyline. Yeah, I would I would say if you like this version of Deadpool, you should totally 
jump into Cable and Deadpool. I don't know if you've read that yet. I had the series. I haven't read it yet. Okay. Definitely get into that because Deadpool is one of those characters. And again, I don't care if Deadpool fans come at me about this. I really can't stand him when he's by himself. Like, I get the whole, like, uh, break the fourth wall and he's the comedic relief. The movie was hilarious and awesome. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying, like, the, the movie is its own thing. I'm just right. saying for me, I enjoy, Kate, uh, I'm sorry, Deadpool a lot better when he's, like, someone is there to balance him out. I like right. him. I always like Any him Any iteration he's, he's with Spider-Man. I yeah. Mean, come on. I always like him when he's playing off a of cable, but I really also like him in this Uncanny X-Force team. Yes, he's awesome in this. Um, another part I loved, so with like Phantom X, uh, he has this power called Misdirection, where yes. he can make you think something's actually happening. And the way Rick Remender, like when it comes to like paneling, writing, and just the artwork, it's perfect misdirection that it even fools you when yes. it happens. I remember that about this run <clears throat> distinctly. Yes. So. And was it this was the series that made me fall in love with Psylocke? I thought she was well written in this one. Yeah, I uh, I also agree with you there. I mean, we this if you did not recommend this, this definitely would have made it on my list. And uh, as far as Marvel titles are concerned, um, this is one of my favorite Marvel books. Mm-hmm. Um, you told me a while ago that uh, I think this was actually the first. Um, introduction to rick remender in general for both of us yeah actually that's that's true too i I wasn't very aware of his stuff until then or until this book was coming out and Mm -hmm. then uh i remember being excited every month to come back to the shop and pick that was one of the ones that it was yeah and i also remember meeting we were we were bullshitting about this the other day but uh meeting Jerome Opinia at a, a Comic-Con at one time and like yeah. not totally getting the gravity of like how great this run was. Did, and we, it, did you meet Opinia? Because I, yeah, met, I have a, I have his signature on uh, Uncanny X-Force. One. Okay. Because I met a Todd Riddick. Oh, did you? Yeah. He did the covers, I think for all of them oh, and yeah. he did the internals for a bunch of them. Of course, um, I didn't uh, like, I was so new to comics, so I didn't know who he was exactly at that point. So when I walk up to him and ask him to sign the first issue, he was like, "I was like, I really like your covers," and I remember even him going like, <laughs> "Like oh, you yeah. fool, you noob." <laughs> oh well. Oh well. It's odd if you're listening. I love your artwork. Yeah. Well, and uh, Rick, if you're listening, this run is never stop. Awesome. Never stop writing. Yeah. Please God. And if anybody from Disney is listening, just make or Fox, just make this a a, a series. Just do this. The HBO series? Yeah. Like, uh, again, an HBO run. Do it. Like, why not? These are, like, these stories are all concise with their own things, especially Reminder's run. I mean, like, he has themes that run throughout. I, I totally agree with you with Psylocke. Like, she was, to me, she was always just used as an object before, and I'm sure a bunch of X fans are going to get pissed off at me for saying that, but, like, outside of the skimpy bikini and the uh, side blade, like, and the occasional time that she was just used aimlessly to get to be sacrificed, mm-hmm. I really didn't know much about the character. Neither or, I. Or, or really care about her, but, like, this was awesome. She, um, she was an awesome, strong character, but still, like, you know, had her, div- like, uh, special weaknesses to her. Yeah, and I, and I like... I like her relationship with the team, each individual character, her with Warren, that whole backstory, mm-hmm. the fact that she has something going on with Phantom X, which Phantom X, I think, is, like, one of my favorite mutants that's ever been introduced, let alone yeah. the fact, like, he's only, what, 10, 12 re- years old? Yeah, I haven't read too much. Um, I just got back to, like, the new mutants run when he was just first introduced, and, yeah. like, I thought he was okay, but this uh, is a... New X-Men. 
New X-Men. New yeah. X-Men. Yeah. This was an awesome iteration because... Um, He's I a mean, Grant Morrison creation, so... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. leave it to Grant Morrison to do misdirection or something uh, well, And like that. that's the thing. Like, in my opinion, Grant Morrison creates awesome stuff, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, I don't like where his stories go. Yeah, I Good think, beginning, good end, muddled middle. But that's me. Yeah. Christ, I feel like I'm going to get a lot of shit for all this review right here. <laughs> Whatever. So, um, the Apocalypse Solution eventually leads to a lot of other cool-ass story arcs, which is one of the reasons why I like this. Uh, Was it Deathlock? Yeah, nation. Death There's Lock nation. fucking the world. Everything with the world was freaking awesome. And then so, like, dark sight, a dark angel saga. Yeah, yeah. And again, <laughs> just listen to that dark angel saga. Yeah. And how can you not? Why are you still in your seat? What like Bo why are you ever coming to the comic, comic shop, shop for this? <laughs> yeah, it's it's absolutely fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And you get so many other great people. Mystique comes in at some point. Sabretooth comes in at some point. Like. It's just everything you want in an X book. Yeah, it's it's really good stuff, and like the crescendo at the end, like there was some like heavy hitting shit that happened with this, even like long standing stuff that I think didn't get like the character was not brought back until just recently. Yeah, but um, other things that I loved about this uh, was it since it's apocalypse, the final four horsemen come around. I loved them. I thought they were very intricate. Very good uh, rendition of that. They do Apocalypse right this time, too. Yeah. He's not some... You don't go into too much details. I'm, I'm not, but yeah. it's not like the 90s cartoon Apocalypse anymore, which is yeah. nice, because I feel like they always had a habit of going back to that 90s cartoon Yeah, apocalypse. I mean, if, if you're following comic, if you've been following Marvel for a while, you know what's going on with Apocalypse, but... Um, if you don't know anything, keep it that way. Pick up the stuff, and it'll be even better for you. Yeah. Um, other things, the witty banter is amazing in this. Just, like, especially anything uh, Phantom X says. Anything Deadpool says. He is yeah. ridiculous in this. Um, also, Dean White is oh doing the God. colors on this first. <laughs> oh, first man, arc. I just remembered the, uh, the Deadpool scene with Angel. Yes, yeah, he was like... Yeah. If I tell you, will you keep eating? I yeah. I literally laughed out loud when I read that initially. Beef jerky. Yes. Some beef jerky. <laughs> but, and also, most of the theme of this, it's very dark stuff. It's very heavy hitting, but he's, Rick Remender's also very good with cutting the tension when it comes to, like, jokes and stuff like that. Especially with Deadpool and, like, Phantom X and the stuff that they do. I just feel it's a very well-rounded series, and you'd be silly for not picking this up. So if you wanted to look for it... It's in total 37 issues. I think it's like th- um, 35 plus 2.1s. It's not really important, but... Um, I'm sure there's an omnibus of it. Let's see. There might, I think there is an omnibus, and there's also a bunch of volumes all under the name of the monikers. Like, yeah, Uncanny Apocalypse Xbox. Solution. Oh, the, yeah, the Complete Collection Volume <laughs> 2. Paperbacks are running 31 bucks. Yeah, but that, that holds, I think, like... Oh, the that's whole, the first couple, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot in that series, so. Yeah, let's see if you can find a complete collection. Yeah, com- complete collection, volume one and two. Uh, volume one's 31, volume two's 23 on Amazon. I don't, I don't know how many pages it is, but if there's only two volumes, then... I mean, if you're yeah, doing 37 you whole, issues... You get the whole thing for 55 bucks yeah. plus shipping. It's yeah, worth it. Absolutely. I swear to Christ, it's worth it. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I actually think I might get rid of my issues and do this. 
Nope. Uh, I will keep those. I, hey, I asked Juice to look for that issue in Comic-Con. I will never let that go. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> the issue three, I could not find anywhere, and Juice found it for me. Yeah. Or Justin. Well, anyway, he pulls through all the time. Mm-hmm. He's a good man, that one. All right, next up is Usagi Yojimbo, which is written, created, and illustrated by Stan Sake. Now, Bowden, tell us, I guess, what, each volume is like 623 pages, so what is the best way to explain what this is? Okay, so long and the short of it is you've most likely seen this character, and the reason being is because since 1984, all the way to present, this book has been in print. And uh, all under Stan uh, Saki. I mean, I will say I have seen that bunny character a million times. Yeah, I used to actually Not think, a million, but a lot. Yeah, I used to actually think that he was a character from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles growing up. True. Which True. they have done some crossovers recently. But this is a Dark Horse title, and it's and to me it's like one of the um, cool things that Dark Horse does is that they oh, – always release like these onibuses or these at least big volumes that are always worth the money. Mm-hmm. So there's some pretty nice... Like how much did you pay for book three? I found this in a $5 bin. $5. 623 pages for $5. Exactly. And um, I'm actually kicking myself in the ass because there was one and also four in there. Ugh. And I decided to put them back. I think I got something else. I think I got a flash issue well, from the seven. I guess from like instead, a blind pickup... You yeah, can be like, why spend I, the money? And, and exactly. And this is the reason why I'm recommending this is because this is a character I know that I've seen a million times that I've taken for granted a million times. And when I actually picked this book up, I totally was uh, not expecting to enjoy it as much right. as I do. And um, again, I am kicking myself in the butt for not going back and picking up those books. So the reason why I like this, well, I'll get into what it is first. Um, Yusagi Yojimbo is basically a uh, uh, samurai. Samurai. Well, well, I he's, mean, a, he's, he's only a got ronin. yeah. He's only got one sword, so you can't really call him a samurai. Well, no, a samurai actually has. Oh, a master. he does. He, he does have two swords. Never mind. Well, okay. no, no, but he a samurai also has a master. Hmm. He's a ronin because he's masterless and he he hmm. is not affiliated with any clan or anything like that. So, and Yojimbo is usually referred to as like an enforcer, bodyguard type. Right, right, person. right, right, Some, right. But and usually like a migrant type character so there is a movie called yojimbo which is the reason why i love this story is because of that movie yojimbo it ends up actually being i mean yojimbo is pretty prolific name when it comes to it is but it ends up it was an old uh, 50s films that that becomes the inspiration for uh clint eastwood's um spaghetti westerns the whole okay. uh, good bad and the ugly uh, fistful of dollars and for a few dollars more. Right, Fistful right, of right. dollars, I think, is almost taken shot for shot from Yojimbo. So anyway, I saw mm-hmm. Yojimbo when I was younger. Um, and it's about a samurai who's just walked around town. And what he ends up doing is playing two rival warlords off each other. Yosagi Yojimbo is like that that same type of character, except you never leave. The story right. doesn't end after an hour and a half because there's so much of it. There's 30 years of this book, 30 plus years. Yeah, so like that's 600 and no pages. rebirths, no legacies, yeah, no, no nows. <laughs> it's, it's the same character that's running through 
the all these small towns in you know rural Japan that's having these awesome adventures, and they're kind of all one-offs, and then eventually you start to see these characters that are reoccurring, and you can be exposed to them all the time, and like again, first-time reader or long-time reader, you're going to enjoy them when they come across, and it's very apparent that um, you know Yojimbo has a uh, you know connection with them in some way, and I also just love the character models in this. It's very like. There's there's like little dinosaurs that are running around. It, it was I would like, say it's a little weird for me. Like it's all animals in place of like people. So yeah, it's very like teenage mutant ninja turtles esque, which I really mm-hmm. enjoyed. And I think that it's like really kind of kid friendly. Oh um, yeah, definitely. While also having really great messages. I mean, like there's there's tons of teachable moments that this character goes through, either through flashbacks or through him teaching younger characters. It's just it teaches you like kind of a sense of. Duty, respect, honor, all those great themes. Um, all the ones that we strive for but never do. Well, <laughs> yeah. But, you, you know, you hope to. And like, and then, again, all these old tales that you hear about, like, villagers playing each other off e- each other and, and needing some type of independent body to uh, cast an opinion. It's it's a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, totally recommend it. I just kind of went on a rant there. but Well, that's what we're – yeah, but you didn't go on a tangential rant. So, yeah, so keep ranting. Anyway – um, totally recommend picking this up. Uh, again, Dark Horse publishes it. Again, you could probably find it at your comic shop, pick up some volume of it for cheap because of how long it's been in print. Um, but, uh, don't let it confuse you. I mean, like the larger, the Yojimbo saga, I think is five or six books and they're the 600 page ones. Otherwise the smaller trades, I think at this point are up to like in their thirties as far as the titles, like chapter I'm sorry they're chapters like chapter 30 something okay I see right? what you're saying. okay yeah so it, it's it's definitely up there in number at this point but again this title is so friendly that you can just jump on true you can pick up anything so do it and pick up the action figure because you can find them action figure yeah they actually just released them uh, a couple of years ago um, aside to a collectible one no 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 not that but he does fit in with the ninja turtles so yeah cool All right, next up we'll get into another one of Tristan's picks, uh, which is New Avengers. Everything dies. Yeah. And uh, this was published in 2014, 2013, 2014? Yeah, 2013 to 2015. That was the long run. Okay. And uh, this is another title of Jonathan Hickman, so it's going to fit into everything else that he's done. Um, This kind of lays the foundation from what you'll get into. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Um, And then it's illustrated by the great Steve Upton. Yeah, Steve Epting at least does the first trade, then, like, Mike Diodato, and then there's, like, other various, like, uh, artists that go in. It's, like, a really long list, so I'm not going to bore you with it. Check it out. Yeah. And you can find out who does it. Anyway. Yeah. So, Tristan, why is this one of your picks? So, when I initially picked this up an issue, um, I think I was just trying to get into Marvel as much as possible. When I picked up the first issue, I read it, I was like, meh. I mean, nothing really happens. It's just kind of like the introduction to what's going on. Right. Of course, I didn't read S.H.I.E.L.D. or anything Jonathan Hickman Marvel-wise in that point. Wow. So you were coming in as a green thumb? Yeah. Okay. No idea. So now I picked up the second issue. Uh-huh. And in the second issue, it states that there's an event that caused an early death of a universe within the multiverse, mm-hmm. causing a tiny contraction in the multiverse timeline, causing two universes to collide. Now, 
in this collision, there is about an eight-hour window where you can probably try to do something to change it. But as long as nothing happens within an eight-hour window, both universes are destroyed. And this kind of causes the domino effect where all the multiverse within the Marvel Universe... It'll set off a chain reaction. Yeah, and they're all slowly destroying each other. So, what, like you said earlier, where we couldn't really call the S.H.I.E.L.D. people the Illuminati of the Marvel Universe is that this, the official Illuminati of the Marvelverse, which is Black Bolt, Namor, Reed Richards, Iron Man, Captain America, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Professor X, would be in here, but he did die. That's okay. Avengers versus X-Men, so don't worry about that shit. But he, Beast replaced him in the story to fill his spot. But these brilliant characters all have to do with the fact that in order to save their universe, they have to destroy the other colliding universe to save their own. Wow. And it's not just one time. This is a multiverse. So they have to do it a shit ton of times? Over and over and over and over and over again. And even though the window is eight hours, uh-huh. there is no guarantee that it's going to be a set amount of time between each incursion, as they call them. So incursions are the nexus point of two worlds coming together? Mm-hmm. Okay. And they have to find the specific spot and go there. Wow. Yeah. So, and that's the thing. So one could be like two days away from the next time. Uh-huh. The next time it could be five seconds. So uh, this this title was one of I remember looking at the cast list because Marvel I think they they still are doing this where at least they have the characters of their books mm-hmm. of their team members in that first page and then there's always that like introductory page where it's like here's the shit that's going on right now and here's <clears> the <throat> ensemble right I remember looking at this and Avengers and seeing how many characters were involved in this and just being like. What the hell is going on? I mean, I will say with the Avengers series, even though, like, like Jonathan Hickman wrote it, um, New Avengers is a lot more tight-knit. Yeah. It's all about the Illuminati. Okay. And So we're not reading 20 characters like... No. It's, okay. It's just Because I, I was not for that at all. I was just like, this is... The, no one gets any type of screenshot, screen time. And, like, okay, not for nothing, that's what I think the... Uh, that's what I think Infinity War is going to be. There it's is some be worrisome like, stuff when it comes to that, but we'll have to see how that Yeah, how I know, I know. Out. Don't get me wrong. I hope that it's good. Mm-hmm. I just... With the with amount many of... characters. Yeah, with the amount of people, it's going to be like, all right, let's smush everybody in. And, oh, yeah, we need to have, like, the Hulk and Black Widow have a sequence. And we need to have Captain America and Peggy have another sequence. Or not Peggy, or Shannon have another keep Sharon have another keep, Whatever the fuck it is. I think she's gone, actually. Yeah, whatever. I don't even think they're bringing her back. Well, this is the end of all things. So, yeah. Anyway, New Avengers. Yeah, Get but back, back into it. to New Avengers. Um, Everything dies. Yeah. So, if, volume one. That's what if, it's called. Yeah, if you can't tell by just the title of the first volume, this is some heavy shit, man. As I was kind of like like uh, contemplating what... Is Black Bolt in this at all? Yeah, no, yeah, he's one okay. of them. Um, I was kind of noticing that as I was choosing the stories, I definitely like dark, bleak storylines. Yeah. Like heavy-hitting ones, and this is definitely one of the heaviest ones. I mean, think if you had to be put into the situation where you had to destroy not just the world, but a universe in order to save your own. Well, I can't think of a situation in which you would have not only enough power to destroy one universe, but then to turn around and destroy multiple universes within no amount of time at all. And that's part of the story, too, is trying yeah. to figure out how to do that. Yeah. So I'm sure it is in, in Jonathan Hickman fashion. Mm-hmm. So how many issues does it, this run? Um, well, 
I mean, before we just get into that, um, I will say, uh, like, yeah, the things that I did love about it was just the sheer weight of the moral dilemmas that they have, mm-hmm. and just like just the concept. I mean, all the groundwork that was laid down in Shield starts to transpire in this. Nice, and it also it does like um, it does a cross event with Infinity War, or Do not you- Infinity War, just Infinity. Which I thought was an amazing, like a really awesome event. Do you appreciate this run differently now, or do you have a different feeling on this run now that you've read Shield? No. Okay. Um, only in the sense that I'm, I guess it's only. I guess I appreciate it maybe a little bit more that I know that Jonathan Hickman put more groundwork to it, and I have more to read about it. So I'm okay. excited that I have more to read in that regard. Okay. But. I always thought, um, once I read the second issue, I was down for this book every single month that it came out. And he was very good with writing the dialogue between the characters and just, like I said, them trying to deal with the fact that they have to do this. Mm-hmm. And, except for Nammer. He's, he was fucking useless. I mean, uh, he was yeah. maybe useless. He's, the only use he has is button pressing, and that's about it. Yeah. Everyone else, he's, I... He's like Aquaman. No, but... I feel like maybe they would make Aquaman work better if they made him more like Nammer. Uh, Aquaman fans are probably going to freak out right now. Whatever. If there are any. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Hit us up on Twitter. Yeah, right. But, um, yeah, so, like, the reason why you should give a shit about this is that it leads to the universal destruction and secret war. And if you're tired of heroes always winning... These guys take a beating. Yeah, there, there's. It doesn't seem like there's any winners in this scenario. No, and so. it's just awesome seeing them get put through the ringer like that. It's like you can't just like think this away. Yeah, it's funny because like our our Batman episode was almost like a Scott Snyder recommendation list, and at this point, almost this is, yeah, this is turning into a uh, Jonathan Hickman re- recommendation. Yeah, list. I mean, we have our favorite writers. Um, you can probably guess them at this point, and subsequent ones after this where podcasts ever do. Uh, the good thing is is that they're good writers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If we, well, I mean, I guess that's all relative, but yeah. they are very good writers. Um, but yeah, if you wanted to look for this, there are 33 issues in total. Um, it's going to get kind of rough with some of them because it does tie into some major events that happened during that time that it was published, um, which makes it a little bit difficult for the volumes. At least one through four is very straightforward. Um, and it's just about the new Avengers run, but then the subsequent runs after that, like, there's Avengers Time Runs Out, Volume 1 through 4, or there's a full encapsulating uh, Omnibus hardcover. Right, and, I saw that Omnibus. Yeah, and that is, uh, was it uh, New Avengers and Avengers all leading up to the destruction of the universe? Which is Secret Wars. Right? Uh, yes. Okay. So, even though you know that that's going to happen, it's awesome seeing these characters put through the ringer and you should definitely pick it up if you want to see some brilliant characters get the shit beat out of them. Alright, next up is Manhattan Projects, which is written by who else other than Jonathan Hickman <laughs> and art by Nick Patara. Big shocker there. Now, Bowden, why... Did, oh, this is also an image series as well. Why did you pick this one? Alright, so the reason why I picked this is because... Or, sorry, I asked the wrong question. Explain the story. Yeah. Alright, well... Imagine S.H.I.E.L.D. that we just went over. Mm -hmm. Except, instead of them being characters throughout human history, they were all 
working for the American government during World War II. I mean, we all know about the Manhattan Project, the project to make the atom bomb. Exactly. Now imagine, if you will, that that's just a cover-up story. Exactly. And like, and then it turns into that whole secret organization thing, because that's eventually the, the, what that think tank turns into, right? Um, and it's made up of characters, again, from history. Um, Oppenheimer, Einstein, Feynman, uh, Furman. Uh, anyway. Fermi. Yeah, Fermi, my bad. Fermi. Um, Leslie okay. Groves, uh, FDR, uh, Truman. Warner von Buren and so pretty much the World War II heavy hitters, basically, yeah. And it, and this series takes place, I think, uh, at the end of the day, it comes in six volumes. Started to be published in 2012, and then I think it ended in like 15 or 16, something like that. But um, the cast starts to change as American history goes on. Okay. So you find out, like, you see JFK, you see Lyndon B. Johnson. You see some of these other characters throughout uh, American history and events throughout American history um, all twisted through this awesome lens of this secret organization that's doing all crazy shit. So, as you said earlier, uh, the Manhattan Projects is just basically a cover-up. Mm-hmm. And each of these super scientists are kind of working on their own little individual projects, and each of them are scarier than the next. Right. And meanwhile, you find out that one of them... It gets to definitely fringe pseudoscience shit going yeah. on. One of them, they're all, like, basically tripping balls and, like, <laughs> having some type of real big issues. So, like, basically, like, the absurdity... Like, of Doc Brown. Like, if you could think of, like, a bunch of Doc Browns that are pains in the asses from Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Oh, like, okay. That, that eccentric just kind of, like, like even though they're, like, just super smart and just doing crazy shit, like, that's, that's the way that some of these characters react. And then, you know, shit happens. Like, there's a lot of stuff in... Um, I mean, this is definitely another Hickman story where it's kind of a little bit all over the place in a good way. It's sci-fi heavy for sure. Yeah. It's and very it's sci-fi Sometimes heavy. the slight bit, at least for me when I tried to read it a while ago, it was a little hard to read. Yeah, I mean, like, I, without giving anything away, um, we have doors to different dimensions. We got aliens. We got um, atomic bombs. We have mind control. We, we have, have characters who are not who you think they are. Exactly. We have... Uh, 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 an American president who's like being reduced to uh, a computer program. I mean, that's not even a big part of the story, <laughs> but eventually that character ends up coming on. Like, it, I remember just... uh, with the, that that scene where um, with the one character shows Oppenheimer the AI that they're trying to do, and even Oppenheimer's like AI. Huh offensive yeah exactly (laughs) so like there's a lot of really cool shit and albert einstein is a fucking boss in this Mm -hmm. um and as it gets even further especially once you find out what he's actually trying to do oh man it's like it's so freaking cool like if you if you're interested in these characters because you were interested in these great men um it it's kind of fun to watch like a wacky version of them um, that, but still with, out. like, a serious tone to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. The shit that they're doing is, is like, Jonathan Hickman heavy. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, there's there's no small potatoes here. Um, but if you want to pick it up and trade, it was actually released in two issues. Um, or, I'm sorry, two different series. And the second series was called The uh, Sun Beyond the Stars. It's actually collected in Manhattan Project Volume 6. So if you're reading it via trade... 
I mean, you don't have to worry about it. You can just get trades one through six, and each of them will run you about 10 to 12 bucks. Again, the title's been out for so long, you can probably find it in the $5 bin at your local comic shop. So pull up your sleeves, get in those long boxes. It's totally worth picking up. I know, I'm sorry. We're definitely giving you a lot of cheap, good reading. <laughs> yeah, heaven forbid. <laughs> Comics worth the money. It's okay. Three ninety a three ninety nine cover price for uh, for thirty five issues of a mediocre book is is totally reasonable. Yeah, <laughs> just do that math and uh, yeah, think about that. All right, and the last title we'll recommend for you tonight uh, is going to be Deadly Class, written by. Rick Reminder, and art by Wes Craig. All right, Tristan, so why are we recommending this? All right, so to give you an idea of what's going on in this, um, imagine, if you will, San Francisco, 1987. Not the best place to be uh, living around. A lot of crime, a lot of uh, uh, poverty going on. And we... All right, everyone knows how high school went, right? Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Um, so now imagine... You know, people are backstabbers, and it's very dram- dramatic and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Now just pretend everyone's assassins. Nice. Yeah. So in this, it's in a school for an assassins. Okay. And you have this character, Marcus, who gets put into this world. and It's him, all 1980s. Yeah. Uh, it starts in 87 and goes and It doesn't, like, time jump or anything like that. Sounds like another series that would be great for HBO. Well, now that you say this... Guess who picked up the rights to uh, do a TV series? HBO? No. Netflix? No. Damn. Sci-fi. They already have him casted. They're already working on it. Rick Remender and Wes Craig are talking to him about it. I hope for the best. From what I've seen of Happy so far, uh-huh. Sci-Fi is trying to do actual like serious shit instead of that wacky. Uh, they do have Krypton in production, so I guess there's that uh, looks serious too. Even they are I'm comic kinda, sympathizers. Uh, yeah. yeah, we'll see. Yeah, okay. I mean, there are. I mean, A and E did a good job with AMC. Why can't Sci-Fi do a good job with Deadly Class? Hmm. Okay, yeah. Let's go into it that way. I have some reservations. But... Yes, I mean, whether the TV series is good or not. Do not worry, the comic series is amazing. Now, I will say, when it comes to Rick Remender, like we were saying with Uncanny X-Force, how like crazy that series gets. Rick Remender is amazing. I tell you, amazing when it comes to creating different worlds, species. Like, his mind is crazy. It's all over the place. But How should he pay you to say that? Yeah, I know, right? But with this story, the thing that I really appreciate about this one, it's very down-to-earth. I agree with you there. I mean, from what I did read of Volume 1, Reagan Youth, uh, it is not only very moody, again, with the colors. The mm-hmm. color scheme matches oh, the, the color tone. scheme is amazing. Yeah, it, they do a great atmosphere mm-hmm. in this book. You feel 1980s. You feel that grittiness of San Francisco, the, like, stereotypical grime that's, like, in late 70s movies, like, early 80s movies, before, like, all the glitz and glam bullshit. And that's the thing. Like, yeah. um, in the afterwards, Rick Remender, I'll come back to the afterwards part, but um, he even states that when you see this stuff, it's because Wes Craig was part of that. Wow. Just, like, as much as Rick Remender was part of that. So when you see those characters, like, those side characters running around, that's what it looked like. And that's why, he's, as you said, it's just so, it feels so authentic. Yeah, it's it's really, really cool. Um but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I had a greater point with that. Anyway, yeah, keep well, going. No, that's good. So, 
another thing I liked about it, like, with how down-to-earth and real it is, the conversations are very real. Like, the way that they talk about it, it would be normal conversations. I'm like, not in right now. I absolutely agree with yeah, you. Yeah, like, it, even though it's a school for assassins, they're talking about music, drugs, like, pl- politics, and everything that's kind of going on right now. And then the murdering starts. Yeah, right. And, like you said, like, the artwork and the colors are awesome as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like... It's it's kind of a I guess simplistic detailed artwork you could say. Um, Lee Luridge I think is the colorist. He like makes everything pop like crazy, especially when they get to Vegas. Oh yeah, I that, do remember. Oh my god, flipping through that when they get to Vegas, that is seriously like side splitting laughter. Yeah, this is. I know you keep coming at me because I haven't actually gotten into this yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is not. This is one of those titles that's constantly on my reading list. Mm-hmm. Except for some reason, like I just keep. I, mean, I don't know, man. It, I started. I put it down. It's like a House of Cards originally. I mm-hmm. started it. I stopped it. I started it, and I was just like, and then Tristan ruined it. Yeah, and then <laughs> then. Frank Underwood becomes president. Okay, so, hopefully you've seen the show. <laughs> whatever, it's it's canceled at this point because the guy can't keep his dick in his pants. Well, Come I mean, on. it'll keep going. It's just no more uh, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Womp, womp. Anyway, deadly class. But, yeah. So, like, yeah. Artwork's amazing. It's very grounded. Everything's very real, even though it's a bunch of assassins learning how to be better assassins. Um, one of the parts that really got me was when I was reading the afterwards when it comes to, like, the first volume. Oh, oh yeah, I should say allegedly. Allegedly can't keep his dick in his pants, I'm sorry. Oh, allegedly, yes, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. okay, yes, yes, yes. The reason why it's, like, so grounded and real is that uh, Rick Remender kind of lived this life, I mean, except for the whole assassin bit. He kind of yeah. lived this life in a way. It's, you know, his family was always moving for one reason or the other, and so he kind of became a misfit. He kind of became kind of one of those punkers. But this this guy, like, when you read the afterwards, you realize that he definitely went through some, like, crazy shit back in the day. Like, he's been, like, beaten almost complete to death just for being robbed. He's seen a friend get shot in the head. Wow. Yeah, and other various things like that. And Crazy stuff. Now, I appreciated Deadly Class just because it was brilliant writing. But and also because the creative team put so much in themselves. Yes, early. the fact that it's like, yeah. if he even says in the afterward, this is based off of true events. I feel like that's such a good uh, thing about the image books or some of the image lines is that it feels like the creative, because they have more ownership over it. They're able yeah, to you, just, you don't have some major company yeah. being like, you can and can't do this with the character. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I think that one of the coolest things about this title too is that even though it's still in print and um, it's been going from 14 2014 to 2017 currently yep all the trades are running eight dollars ten dollars eleven dollars not mean, even worth like the price is low in my opinion yeah, yeah absolutely it should be worth more but you should get it for that price well yeah I uh, should hopefully get it for less so and, um, yeah <laughs> and that's the thing like when it came to like, all the DC kind of stuff, like, when New 52 was going on, like, I always was looking for Batman. Yeah. But I kid you not, ever since I've been picking up this series, and I will always thank you so much for getting issue one and two for me. Yeah. That I, every month, I look forward to this, this series. Every single month. And every time it pops up in my uh, pull book from uh, Brian, I, I get super excited every single time. That's what she said. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. 
No, I, I can understand why. It's a, it's a great book, and Reminder is one of those, I, in my opinion, one of those few writers that are still currently, like, currently in the game that still have fresh ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've read like three or four different different things from him, and I'm just been I've been like. Like again, kind of like what you said with his aliens. Like, where the hell did you think of this shit? I know it's like the shit that comes out of his head. I mean, yeah. Fear Agent alone. Like, we won't get too much onto it, but yeah, we're, do, we're doing something. And we're doing something on that. Yeah, uh, all, we, yeah. all within itself. I so. think we should just reread it and just completely talk about it. But if you are looking for this, currently there are thirty-one issues. Um, it's picking up again in March. He took a break for a bit, um, which made me sad. But. I understand it. Um, and also, there's six volumes in total at the moment, and there's one book that I think has, like, the first five volumes. Yeah, I think that's this deluxe edition, volume yeah. one. It's 33 bucks hardcover. So, yeah, if you're looking for a non-superhero story, but one that is still very good, definitely pick this shit up. And especially with the subsequent sci-fi show coming up, Definitely read this before you watch that show. Oh, I don't know how good it's going to be, but... And then the volume two is coming out in uh, October. Oh, wow. Okay, so maybe it doesn't have all five volumes, but... Yeah, the deluxe edition. Maybe it's probably the first three. They're probably doing, like, you know, the Scott Snyder, uh, Greg Capullo run. Oh, they did yeah. the first three Batman for 50 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I can't say enough how much I love this series and how much you will love it, too, if you pick it up and read it. Bowden. Cool. <laughs> I will eventually. Yeah. Wait for the right time. Don't rush it. Well, that's all the bullshitting we've got for today. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram to keep updated on our latest content and listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. 